for listening to New Covenant Worship Center's Sermon Podcast. You can visit us on the web at www.ncwc.org. And now, today's message. Well, it's Easter. It's, uh, or as we like to call it around here, Resurrection Sunday. Um, and this may be, uh, so during the week I have pastor friends and we talk and, you know, we talk about Easter. And this is a huge day, of course, and the life of a church. There's a lot of people. If you don't believe me, just look around. Uh, there's, uh, along with that comes some pressure. Uh, there's a lot of preparation. And, and for those of us pastors who speak, a lot of times there's this, there's this idea like we got to preach this message and we got to work hard and prepare and do it. I, can I just be honest with you? Like this may be the easiest sermon to preach all year long. Because the message is what we believe it's the it's it's the crux of everything that we believe in and the reason we're here it's that Christ was born of a virgin that he lived a sinless life that he walked out grace and truth perfectly that he went to the cross on our behalf and shed his blood for the forgiveness of our sins that he was buried in a borrowed tomb and three days later he was resurrected and that he robbed and plundered hell and took the keys of death and the grave and he rose victorious and he sits at the right hand of the father interceding for us making a way for us to have peace and relationship with God I don't need a whole lot of preparation it almost feels like we just need to celebrate amen how many of you are glad for resurrection today that you have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord so I'm just going to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, in this text. This is just a, a portion of scripture where the apostle Paul just dives in and drills down on what the resurrection means. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I'm gonna, we're going to read just a few sections. Uh, our, our friends from Calvary Chapel who go verse by verse would cringe at this, but we're, we're going to skip a few just for the sake of time. But we're going to look at what it means, what today means, because this is the resurrection. This is why we're here. This is why we believe. This is why we worship. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we'll begin reading. I'm going to read out of the Passion Translation. This is a kind of a new version. I've been going through uh, the New Testament this year. It's just a powerful uh, Translation that really uh, communicates the heart of, of the Father for, for us. And so uh, if you haven't checked it out, I, I encourage you to do that. But that's the version I'm reading. We'll begin with verse 1 of chapter 15. Here we go. Paul writes and he says, Dear friends, let me give you clearly the heart of the gospel that I've preached to you. The good news that you have heartily received and on which you stand. For it is through the revelation of the gospel that that you are being saved if you fasten your life firmly to the message I've taught you, unless you have believed in vain. For I have shared with you what I have received and what is of utmost importance. And here he goes. He tells, this is it. This is, this is why we're here. This is what we believe. This is why we have hope. He says, the Messiah died for our sins, fulfilling the prophecies of the scriptures. He was buried in a tomb. He was raised from the dead after three days, as foretold in the scriptures. Did you know the Old Testament is not irrelevant? 
The old covenant is not something we, we relegate to past and history because of its offense and its misunderstanding. It foretells what, we're, what we have seen and what we celebrate being fulfilled today in the resurrection. It says he was buried in a tomb. He was raised from the dead after three days. Then he appeared to Peter, the rock, and to the 12 apostles. He also appeared to more than 500 of his followers at the same time, most of whom are still alive as I write this, though a few have passed away. Then he appeared to Jacob and to all the apostles. The message we preach, this is verse 12, is Christ. That's the message. Christ. Not a denomination. Not new covenant. Christ. Not Baptist. Christ. Not Pentecost. Christ. That's the message. Christ. Because he's the only one who has been raised from the dead. So, and Paul says, so how could any of you possibly say there is no resurrection of the dead? For if there is no such thing as a resurrection from the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then all of our preaching has been for nothing and your faith is useless. You see, our faith hinges on the reality of what we celebrate today. The fact that Jesus is risen, he is risen Indeed, Paul says, if there's any question, if there's any doubt, if there's, if there's uh, any discrepancy in that, then let's all go home. We're wasting our time. Amen? On the other hand, if it's true, then everything he said is also true. Amen? Let's skip down to verse 19, and we'll, we'll wrap up our text with this. He continues on just expounding on the reality of the resurrection. He says, if the only benefit of our hope in Christ is limited to this life on earth, we deserve to be pitied more than all the others. In other words, he's saying, look, if Jesus only came for you to have a good life here and now, and there's no hope beyond the grave, that's kind of a sad story. Like that's a pretty pathetic religion you got going. But Paul said that's not, that's not where Jesus' resurrection power ends. It doesn't just end with our life here. It reaches beyond the tomb, beyond the grave, beyond this life. He says in verse 20, the truth is Christ is risen from the dead as the first fruit of a great resurrection harvest of those who have died. For since death came through a man, Adam, it is fitting that the resurrection of the dead has also come through a man. Not a God, not a demigod. Of all of the pagan religions and Romans, goddesses and Greek gods that are out there, of all of the things that are worshipped, our salvation, our redemption, our resurrection has come through a man who lived like us, suffered like us, experienced every experience that we experienced, yet lived a sinless perfect life and became the spotless sacrifice on Calvary for our sins. In verse 22, even as all who are in Adam die, so also are all who are in Christ will be made alive, but each one in his proper order. Christ, the first fruit, then those. Ain't got any those in the house? 
Christ the first fruit, then those who belong to Christ in his presence. Amen. Would you bow your heads and let's just ask God to speak through his word today and through preaching. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for this incredible, this special day, Resurrection Sunday. I pray that you would bear on our hearts revelation as to what it means. We've traditionalized its meaning to Easter bunnies and relegated it to eggs and dressing up and carnal celebrations. But today is a special day. Today is a supernatural day. Today commemorates life and hope and freedom. Today commemorates when the calendar turns over at the crossroads of, of, of history, when our salvation was won, when the enemy was defeated, when our faith came alive, and we were given an eternal hope. So, Holy Spirit, deliver fresh revelation to our hearts today as we preach in these next few minutes. And we ask it in Jesus' name, whom we celebrate today, the strong Son of God. And let the church say, Amen. amen. So, it is resurrection. It's nothing less. It's a resurrection. As I was thinking about this, uh, I thought of, and you've probably heard a story, you've heard, you, you, you've seen it on the news, or you've heard the story of a, a young baby that falls into the swimming pool and their little lungs fill with water, their lifeless body is down in the water and a frantic lifeguard jumps into the pool and scoops their limp body up from the water, lays them on the side and, and begins the proper protocol of CPR and begins to resuscitate the life of the little baby. Or, or maybe you've heard or know somebody who has the story that they're on the table in the operating room and the, the screen beside the table goes flat and there's no more beeping. And all of this, the surgeon and the nurses, they begin to frantically look for the thing, the defibrillator, and they, because they've watched some good medical shows on TV, they all say, clear, and everybody clears out, and they, you know, they rub them together, I don't know what that does, but it seems to do something, they rub them together, and then they put them on the patient's chest, and bam, you know, they sh send shock waves through their body, and on the screen, the line goes from being straight line to the just the, uh, the, the warm welcome sound of beep, beep, beep. And those are situations. The lifeguard presses the chest of the little baby and out comes the water that took its life and in comes fresh air into its lungs and it starts to breathe. And those who are gathered around praying and hoping for a good outcome, they begin to clap and they cheer and the little baby has been resuscitated. The patient on the table has been resuscitated. Where there was no breath, now there is breath. Where there was no heartbeat, now there is a heartbeat. But I want to be clear today, that's a resuscitation. And we are thankful for when that happens. But what we celebrate today is not a resuscitation. There are skeptics who would, who would venture to say out on a limb that maybe Jesus was simply resuscitated. 
that maybe somehow he had lost his breath or maybe somehow his heart had stopped. But I've got news for you today. We're not celebrating a resuscitation today. We're celebrating a bona fide resurrection from the dead. My wife loves to watch HGTV. Any fans out there? You know the deal. They, the heroes of the show, any given show, they're all the same. They find this dilapidated, forgotten house on a corner lot in a neighborhood and they make a extremely low offer and they've got cash in their pocket and they're going to go fix this house up. And the show begins and the first day, of course, is demolition day and they're swinging hammers and tearing stuff down. I mean, it's a mess. It's a wreck. But within the span of 30 minutes, they turn this forgotten, dilapidated shack and flip it to become the prize of the neighborhood. I mean, a jewel of a piece of real estate. And they turn that thing and they sell it and they turn twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars in their pocket and everybody's happy and it's another great episode of how easy it is to buy a cheap property and renovate it and flip it and walk away with a boatload of cash. Is anybody living in that dream world? Is my wife the only one? <laughs> but we love the the sense that something that's forgotten and old and run down and dilapidated can be renewed and restored and renovated. We like the idea of something old being made new, something that's worth nothing being, being made valuable. But can I tell you today we're not celebrating a renovation this wasn't something that we blew the dust off of because we had forgotten about it and it had gotten old and we had let it just lay there for years and, and, and Jesus decided to blow the dust off a forgotten act of history. No, this is not a renovation. It's a resurrection. Let there be no doubt. This is what we celebrate today, a resurrection. Something else we don't celebrate today, and just to be clear, a Broadway play that has long been forgotten, it's been some time since it's been performed, it's been ignored, somebody picks it up, they get the actors together, it goes on Broadway and this old forgotten script experiences what we call a revival. It's, it's a play, a long forgotten play that has been revived and people are once again enjoying it. It's a piece of entertainment that, that we have enjoyed. We forgot about it, but now we remember it. It's been revived and we enjoy it. Or, or maybe there are architectural forms and styles that over time they, they were popular, then they kind of went out of style. But you give it long enough and they'll come back around and they experience what we call revival. There's new life. There's fresh wind that's blown into it. Even a church. Some church that has lost its vision, lost its passion, 
For Jesus, it's, it's just existing, slumbering, in a lack of power and purpose. The Holy Spirit can move into that dead church with a fresh wind of fire and power. And that church can experience what we call revival. And fresh passion, fresh vision, fresh power can reignite the flame in that church that once burned. And it can burn once again. These are great things. But today, we don't celebrate a revival. Because revivals come and revivals go. They are seasonal experiences that God graces the church with. This is not a seasonal celebration. This is a resurrection, not just a revival. Amen? Amen. This is permanent. This is long-lasting. This is not seasonal. This is not here for a while, and then it may uh, go away tomorrow. This is resurrection. Look at somebody and say, we're celebrating a resurrection. What we celebrate today is the fact that there was a dead, lifeless, decaying corpse where life has long since left. It, that corpse needs more than a resuscitation. And even a renovation seems inadequate. And it needs much more than just a revival. It needs a resurrection. Paul said we were dead in our sins. We needed more than just a resuscitation. I don't know about you, but when I was dead in my sins, I needed more than a little CPR. I needed more than just a little defibrillator to shock me and wake me up. I needed resurrection power. I needed more than just a renovation. I didn't need somebody to come straighten some things and fix some things and give me a new fresh coat of paint. I was dead and I needed new life. I needed more than just a renovation. I needed more than just revival. I needed more than just a, a wind to blow across the, the dry barrenness of my soul. I needed resurrection power to raise me up from the dead place that I was in to new life. Paul said, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature, not a renovated creature, not a revived creature. He is a brand new creature. That's why we say you've got to be born again, not redone, not remade, not made over. You've got to be born again. All things must become new and old things are passed away. Today we are celebrating a resurrection. Amen. Come on and give God praise. Resurrections don't just deal with spiritual decline. They reverse total death. That's what we're celebrating. I just want to make sure you understand what we're celebrating. Christ was dead and now he is risen. I was dead and now I'm alive in him. You were dead in your trespasses, but he came and he rescued you and now you have an eternal hope. That's what we celebrate today. It was a resurrection. I look at the definition of resurrection. It just simply means the act of rising from the dead. There's a, there's a story in, in church tradition Again, it's a story, not sure if it's true, but it's the story of a Roman centurion soldier who was 
blind in one eye. His name was Longinus. And because he suffered blindness in one eye, he was relegated to serve on execution duty. Because of his lack of depth perception being blind in one eye, he was not capable of serving on the battlefield, on the battlefront, where most soldiers would prefer to be made useful. He was relegated to handle prisoners who had been uh, convicted with capital punishment. And one day, Pilate sentences a man to die on a cross, and this Roman soldier, Longinus, does, goes about his normal duties. And in the course of a man being crucified and breathing his last breath between two other criminals, Longinus takes his spear and sticks the speared, spear up under the rib cage of this man that they called Jesus. And the story goes that some of the blood dropped from Jesus' body onto Longinus's blind eye, and his eye opened, and he was healed. Now, I don't know if that story true, is true, and I can't verify it. But it seems like it would be true. I don't have any reason to doubt it. It's not. Matter of fact, that story is not even far-fetched. Because what we celebrate today is resurrection power. What we celebrate is a power that... Anything it touches, it brings to life. Anything it reaches, it breathes newness into. Anything that it encounters, it raises up from the dead. So I can't help but think, why wouldn't it be true? Because if Jesus' blood touches anything that's dead, that dead thing comes to life. That's what we celebrate today. Resurrection power. You say, how, how can you be so bold as to say that's the power of resurrection? Read into the scriptures when Jesus died. The, there was so much resurrection power almost almost released accidentally. The scriptures say that, that there were people for, who had been dead for a long time, that their tombs busted open, and they came up out of the ground and began walking around in the city and appeared to many in, in the cities. It's, it's resurrection power that was on display. There was so much resurrection power released when Christ died that the scriptures say that the, the veil of the temple was torn in two. And it, yeah, it doesn't take that much power to tear a, tear a veil into, but, but what it represents is that Jesus is the way to God, that we no longer have to pay penance to God for our mistakes and our failures. We no, have, we no longer have to walk with our heads hung low. The psalmist says that he is the glory and the lifter of our heads. When that veil was ripped in two, what it meant was we no longer have to bow to man-made religion and rules that account for nothing. What it meant was when that veil was torn in two, we no longer have to make sacrifices to please God because the sacrifice has already been made once and for all. Resurrection power. That's what we celebrate. Paul writes and he says, when this, in, when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, resurrection power, then shall be brought the past, the saying which is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Don't you just love how that just, Paul just taunts the devil. 
There was so much resurrection power released when Christ breathed his last. His body didn't just lay there in a dormant state in a, in a borrowed tomb. The scriptures teaches us that he immediately didn't go up. He went down. He went down and descended into the pit and preached to the spirits that were being held there. He plundered hell. He took the keys of death and the grave, robbed Satan of it, and then he came back and was raised to, to resurrection power. So he wasn't just laying there. He got busy. Look at somebody say, he got busy. He overcame death, hell, and the grave for us. So we no longer have to fear it. And I'm going to close with this idea, this thought that when it comes to resurrection power and what we just read, Paul tells us, Jesus was not an only child. And I don't, I don't just mean Mary and Joseph's other natural children. But Paul writes and he tells us that Jesus was the firstborn from among the dead. Now, it's a reality of this life. It's appointed to all of us that we will see and we will taste death. But Jesus is the first fruit of the great resurrection harvest. And because he was raised, so too shall we. Paul said in Romans eight seventeen that we are now children and we are also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, we will also share in his glory. Jesus was not an only child because I'm a son of God and you're a son of God and you're a daughter of God. He's not an only child. We're brothers and sisters and we're co-heirs with Christ to the kingdom of God. Not because something was renovated. Not because something was revived. Not because something was resuscitated. But because Jesus was resurrected. It's Resurrection Sunday. Can you just give God a little bit of thanks and praise for the power that now lives in you and quickens your mortal body. The same power that raised Christ up from the dead is in you. It's in you. Come on, look at somebody and say, it's in me. It's in me. He's alive in me. He's working in me. He's breathing new life into me. Resurrection power. Resurrection power. Amen. Can we all stand to our feet this morning? There's power in the blood of Christ. There's wonder, as the old song says, wonder working power. How many of you love to see something that just makes your jaw drop? How many of you love hungry? Hungry to see something that makes you stand back in awe and wonder. If you want to see that kind of stuff, look to the blood. Because there's wonder working power in the blood. There's an old song that just says, Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, 
watch this. It washes white as snow. How many of you are thankful for the blood that has washed you and cleansed you? See, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. How many of you are thankful? Thankful for the blood. It washes white as snow. Now listen, this is for somebody who needs power in your life. There's power in the blood of Jesus. Come on, if you need a miracle, if you need power, there's power in the blood of Jesus. Wonder working power never fails of Jesus. It washes white as There's an old song. If you know it, just sing it. It says, Because He lives I can face tomorrow It's because of you, Jesus. Because he lives. Now, there's a generation that needs to hear this. All fear is gone. You wiped away my fear because I time come on let him speak fresh vision into your life because he lives I've got a purpose I can face tomorrow because of what we're here celebrating today because he lives that we too have been raised to new life and we have the hope of eternity in our future. Father, there may be some in this room and your future looks bleak. 
your future looks uncertain you don't have confidence you don't have assurance of what eternity looks like for you can I tell you today is resurrection Sunday I can't think of a better day to take a step of faith and say yes to Jesus say yes to your hope say yes to eternity say yes to his resurrection power if that's you and you, you say pastor David that's I feel like that I'm not sure I'm not confident As a matter of fact when I think of the future it scares me listen Jesus came so he could remove the sting of death you don't have to be afraid if you're here today every head bowed and all eyes closed no one looking around but you're here and you say that's me I want to make a decision I want to put my faith to work and trust Jesus for salvation I want to put my life in his hands would you slip your hand up wherever you are in this room anyone upstairs God bless you God bless you anyone else anyone else God bless you thank God thank God I'm ready to trust Jesus I'm ready to make him Lord Savior of my life I'm gonna wait for just another moment resurrection power is available just for the asking by faith anyone else amen would you repeat this prayer after me church those who raise their hands are going to say this prayer and it's a prayer of saving faith nothing special about the words but it's the belief behind it so if you will repeat this prayer after me dear Jesus I believe you you're the son of God born of a virgin lived a holy life was crucified for me but on the third day you arose and because you arose I can have new life I put my faith in you draw me closer and help me to live a life that glorifies you when I mess up I'll run to you when I get it right I'll run to you from this day forward I'm walking with you Jesus thank you for saving me amen and amen can we celebrate those who took that step in the new life and experienced resurrection power come on give God praise there is power wonder working power the greatest miracle we've just witnessed amen amen thank you for listening to the new covenant worship center sermon podcast we are located in Athens, Georgia, and would love to have you visit us on a Sunday. Or you can check us out at our website at ncwc.org.